Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Road Rewind, where we'll be reviewing some of the forgotten and some unforgettable moments to have taken place in the ring. I'm Kevin Byrne, and on this week's show, I'm delighted to be joined by two boxers whose careers have long been interlinked. They remain Ireland's only gold medalists at the World Youth Championships. In 2011, they both made it to the top of the podium at the European Championships, and now they're both making their way into professional ranks, working alongside Dropkick Murphy's rocker Ken Casey, among other big names, in careers that have had some somewhat unlucky starts to date but uh, the pair of them have enjoyed an awful lot of success in their careers so far so we're going to look back today at Friday June 24th 2011 when Ray Moylis and Joe Ward both won the European Championships for Ireland in Ankara, Turkey lads, welcome to the show Thank you very much Kev Alright, thanks Kev Having us on yeah, cheers, fellas. Um, so I suppose, first of all, you're considering you're both active pros. How, how is lockdown going for you? You both had bad luck at the, st- at the start of this whole thing when you both have fights in, in the States called off. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's always difficult times for, for most sporting people at the present moment. Um, myself and Ray was, was in Boston and ready to go and, um, in, this, in, in the fight in March, 14th of March, and there's this... Sadly, that the coronavirus kicked in and 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 the, the show had to be cancelled. But um, yeah, it's difficult times for 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 myself and I could imagine for Ray at this t- at this time. And just have to keep a nice strong mindset and hopefully things will pick up soon. And that's it, as as Joe said, we we missed we missed our fight by literally two days. Uh, America was shut down on the Wednesday, and we were due to fight on that that Friday the fourteenth. So it was hard luck. Um, in terms of timing, because both of us were in Boston and ready to go, both of us were on weight and as sharp as we could be. But if that fight was pulled a couple of weeks out, um, I don't think it would have uh, been a, so much of a dent in our career, really, because we wouldn't have had to work so hard to be there. But we have to take the positives out of it, and we know that this lockdown isn't going to last forever. And that we just, that Joe mentioned earlier, uh, just before we went recording, he said there's one phone call away, and I think that's the way we have to be thinking. Um, we have to stay ready, and when the opportunity comes, if we're not ready, that's our own fault, you know. 
Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, the both of you guys have been boxing since your infants, really, and remain Ireland's only two male gold medalists at the World Youth Championships. Ray, yours came in Guadalajara in 2008, and Joe, you followed up on the, the next tournament and won it again uh, in Moat, no, not in Moat, in, um, and you won it again in Baku, which was your second underage world gold medal. Lads, what do you recall about those tournaments going away? Might have been much expectations on the team. I think, Ray, when you won it, Ireland hadn't won any medal at all since Andy Lee eight years previously in Cuba, bronze. There would have been little or no expectation on yourself, but you came home as world champion. Well, that's it. Just you sort of uh, tarnished my gold medal there when you said Joe won too. But I'm going to say it. I won the first. I won the first one. <laughs> I need to get every win I can here. Um, yeah, we do. We had a serious team going over that time to Mexico in 2008. Um, as you said, we weren't. I don't know. Was there any big medal hopes in in terms of definitely the medal hall we brought home? Um, a gold, a silver, and two bronze medals. Um, and I suppose I went over with the ambition of winning a, one fight at the World Championships and being able to say I won a fight at the World Championships. Um, so when I started winning, um, things started improving. And then I started believing I was getting my foot in, in, in the competition, started winning, got into a middle fight. Uh, I beat the Cuban for a middle, which was stuff that you only dream of. Like I love telling bring it home and tell my dad that I'm fighting a Cuban for a medal. You know, that stuff that you see uh, watching telly all the years, uh, all the years when I was younger. So, and then just to come home to a hero's welcome, um, massive crowds at the airport, massive crowds in Castlebar and Westport and Isle Navy. And haven't, it probably hasn't really sank in the, the magnitude of the whole situation to become a world champion. You know, like people say now, like I could meet Tommy McCarthy or Tyrone McKenna. They they were on the team with me, and they always say they call you know you became world champion. You know sometimes I probably don't resonate in it as much as I should, but it was special, yeah. Yeah, um, and Joe, you were on the team that followed up at the following World Youth Championships, but you went in already as a World Junior Champion, and maybe Ray having won a gold medal at the previous championship. Did you did you go in confident to win, or did you have the same modest hopes? Win one fight at the World Championships and happy days. Um, um, look, at, you know me. I'm a confident sort of guy, and I believe I could beat anybody on any given day. And for me, being obviously the, the world champion the, the previous year, obviously I was going there full of confidence that I was going to obviously retain that and win a world medal, gold medal. So for me, look, I was very confident. A very good team around us as well. As says Ray with some like with Ryan Burnett on the team and. With some other great fighters, so we had a good, strong team going into it, full of confidence, and we believed that we could, we could um, go a long way with the team podium as well, which we did. We finished second in, in, in overall, so it's a, it's a good, strong team. And for me, it was obviously just another day in the office, picking up a medal and, and moving on to bigger, better things. And and lads, it's interesting. You went to interesting places. Obviously, Guadalajara is a, a place that a lot of people would like to visit. Maybe Baku, not so much, although over the years. You, 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 there's been enough money pumped into the place that you might disagree. Did you get to enjoy yourselves on those trips? For me, um, Baku kind of changed from the from the first time I was there to um, to um, the last time I was there. Like I mean, I was there in 2011. I was there in 2008 and a couple of multi-nation tournaments. So uh, I was there 
quite a lot like us as we know there's a lot of money pumped into boxing and also a lot of money pumped into the obviously the country itself and it definitely changed it definitely improved and at the end of it it wasn't too bad like to me it's if, if, if somewhere where you could see the the benefits of the money being pumped into it yeah uh, kenneth egan always said it, it went from um from when he first started going with ireland teams until he finished he said it went from lada to prada in about a decade yeah, no, I can agree there. Is, it, is it true you have a share in a hotel in Baku, Joe? Yeah, but I was uh, getting the money from you there. Yeah, I think Joe has been in Baku more times than anyone I know, but I've been there plenty myself and it has changed. But just to bring it back to Guadalajara in 2008, I was coming from the west of Ireland. You know, I don't know how they travel too far outside the door before it, but we landed over and... The, the, bus that, the, the bus that picked the team up from the airport had all bullet holes in it from, I don't know, previous events that happened there a few years ago. And the first night we landed at the hotel, we're actually, so we're going to be there for a month. And the first night we landed at a hotel, a car bomb went off down the road like two blocks away and the whole hotel shook. And uh, it, was a fair, it was a fair fall from grace from, uh, from the white lands of Isle Nady to the, the big streets of Guadalajara, Mexico. Yeah, that sounds like an everyday event in Irish boxing these days, almost. But um, <laughs> we fa- we fast forward a couple of years, and Joe, you've made it to the. Um, I remember your senior debut against in the uh, 2011 Irish Elite Championships, and I can't say you came out of nowhere because you had a couple of those underage gold, world gold medals, but you blitzed your way onto the team by beating Kenneth Egan and uh, secured your place on that European team that we'll discuss further today. Uh, Ray, for you, getting onto that Irish team wasn't quite as straightforward, was it, in 2011? Um, I suppose I won the, the World Juniors in 2008. I entered the seniors, the senior championships, they were called that time, in 2009. Um, I went at lightweight, and Eric Donovan actually beat me by a point in the, in the senior semi-final that time. And the following year, I moved up to light welter, and I ended up, um, I ended up winning it. I, I bet the, the champion Phil Sutcliffe in the semi final, and I beat Stephen Donnelly in the final. And so I ended up winning the seniors that year. Um, then I, I don't think there was no other oh, was. There was uh, European Championships in Moscow that year. Um, Ken Egan and Eric Donovan and Tyrone McCullough, they were, they were there at that. And Darren Eel actually won silver as well. So that was a good, strong team. Paddy won the gold. Yeah, Paddy yeah, won gold, yeah. So that was 2010. And 2011, I had a hand injury going into the seniors, senior championships, and I didn't, I think I got better in the quarterfinal. I just entered it because I was a, a carded athlete and I was a funded athlete. So yeah. the, criteria, the criteria was the international championships. I only entered it really for, just for, to, put my, to be able to take the box. Um, yeah. And then Ross Hickey ended up winning it that year. He joined the army. Um, next in line might have been Phil Sutcliffe. I'm not sure. Even I'm not even 100% sure. And they refused it, or they were injured. And I was sort of third on the list then to be picked. And I ended up going and, as you mentioned earlier, won the European Championships. How did you? Uh, how did you get the hand injury prior to the elites? I um, know the answer to the question. So I slipped on ice. <laughs> It wasn't filmed by RT, was it? No, you played no, with the dog, say, is that correct? Yes, yeah, yeah. I slipped on ice over the Christmas, and mm. uh, that was the end of that then. Yeah. Joe, so, going into those 2011 your, uh, Irish Elite Championships, Kenneth Egan was on a record-breaking run of consecutive championships. 
you were 17 and you had a crazy vociferous uh, support in the national stadium and it was a brilliant fight and you ended up with your hand raised Irish champion age 17 was that as good as it could get for you at the time considering what you'd won already or did you still have your eyes on the prize for further prizes I honestly think that um, the National Senior Championships in 2011 is probably one of the greatest moments of my career um, young lad 17 years old really and truly everyone had me wrote off like to mean that it couldn't beat Kenny Egan which is Kenny Egan was a great fighter and, and he was going for 10 in a row as he said and he's just come back from the Olympics won a silver medal so like to go in there at 17 and, and being able to step in the ring and compete with Kenny Egan was obviously a great achievement for, for me but I didn't have that mindset I had the mindset obviously of going in there and winning and getting, and, and getting that title and going on to Europeans and World Championships and I was always hoping to, to qualify for London so um, yeah look it was a massive um, a massive fight for me and it was a massive Turning point in my career regarding, like, I mean, winning that fight, like, went on, I went on into great things in, in the national and elite level. So, um, yeah, look, it's a, it's a big fight for me and a, and a big opportunity. And as I said, I had really no pressure on me because everyone didn't really expect me to win. But as I said, I had the mindset I believed I could win. And on the night, I, I got my hand raised, as you said, and it was great. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, so, going into the summer of 2011. I've got uh, I've got some of the hits here from something we do on Rocky Road Rewind. We look over some of the some of the sporting and world news of the year. But I've got some of the hits here from June, uh, June and July of 2011. And it's Jedward lipstick. As you're preparing for this tournament, uh, you got a bit of pitbull and give give me everything is number one when you're in Ankara, Turkey to win this championship. And then Jedward come again and they're number one. Movies released that month. Were uh, Cars 2, Transformers, Dark of the Month, Super 8, Mr. Nice, and Bad Teacher. Um, in sports news, you've Lena and Rafa Nadal win the, win the uh, French Open. And the European Under-21 Championships take place that month as well. Spain beat Switzerland in the final up in Denmark with goals from Ander Herrera and Thiago. Juan Mata and David De Silva, or David De Gea also line out with Shakiri and Granit Saka playing for the Swiss. So you can see there's a lot of big names making their way in the sport that might have a big impact down the line. The Irish squad that went to Turkey, who do you recall was the, were the big medal targets? Because I'm, I'm not sure at the time it would have been yourselves. You had big names such as John Joe Nevin, Michael, well, Michael Conlon wasn't yet a big name, but Darren O'Neill... What was the vibe like in the squad? You prepared in Britain, was that correct? Yeah, we, we were in we were in Sheffield training uh, for a couple of weeks, and we I think we all loved going to Sheffield training because we knew we were close enough to home, uh, spoke English, and the food was pretty good. Usually, if we go to any of the Eastern Bloc countries, we don't have them them qualities, you know. Um, we got on great in Sheffield. Uh, we had great sparring. I can't remember what other teams were there now, along with along with Team G. Joe might be able to. Uh, was it just because yeah. at the Europeans you had Wales? Wales had a really good team. I, I think they finished high up the medals uh, list. Scotland went and England. Do you remember? Were they all there in Sheffield? Was it like GB sparring, or was it just England? Um, I don't remember. Um. At Wales being there or Scott. I remember just England there to yeah. right recall, yeah. Yeah, because Fred uh, Evans, uh, your former opponent from Guadalajara, he was he was on the Wales team and Oh maybe. No, no, Josh, no, Taylor, no, Josh Josh Taylor was there for Scotland and so Lee so Selby. 
Least. Yeah, no, there was GB. Oh, Andrew Savio, yeah, no, Andrew Savio, yeah. yeah. No, it was the GB team was there, and there was a few other um, nations there as well that was... Um, I, now, now that you say that, I think I sparred Fred Evans there. Okay. Like three years later, yeah, he was it like... Was GB, it was always kind of GB, but um, obviously split up when they got to the, the championships in the winter yeah. different where they could have two represent like GB or England and Wales, but they always, they're always under the, the flag of GB, like when they're... We're in the corners and that, like that was always the GB coaches that was doing them. The guys yeah, yeah. on the club, Anthony Joshua was on that team, of course. And so when you get to when you get to Ankara, the team have um, mixed success. Anthony Joshua beats Cahill McMonagall uh, of Ireland twenty two ten and won the preliminary belts. Were any of you at that fight? Did you manage to see it? Yeah, yeah, I was there. I was there for most of the fights. Um, we would have seen the sparring in the training camp as well. So, yeah. Mm. Um, How did you get on, McMonagall against Joshua? Yeah, Mark Monaghan was was a good, strong, strong fighter. Like, I mean, he he wasn't the most technical fighter in the world or most talented, but he was a big part, and he, he he tried from from round one to round three. And at that time, Joshua was new in the scene; no one really knew much about him. Um, I think that was his first major tournament, and um, for, for for England or GB. He actually he he actually ended up getting knocked out by the Azerbaijani, was it? A Romanian at this tournament. No, the Romanian guy stopped him in the semi-finals. It was it was uh, two standing counts. Um, in, 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 in I think it was the second round, um, but he was doing pretty well. Look, he was, he was, he was, as I said, he was new on the team, and it shows you too, but um, how much he improved since then. Yeah, yeah he don't, yeah. he'd only begun boxing, I think, a I, year or two I, previous. I have a bit of a claim to fame with that. I remember, so we're all, we're in all in different hotels around Ankara. There wasn't one hotel that could hold all the teams, and the the stadium was a maybe two kilometers away. We used to walk down to it. And we should pass by, pass down by the English hotel. And I think I was going down for the final, and Auntie Joshua and a few others were sitting outside drinking coffee because they were obviously over the tournament. And he called me over and he said, "Are you Ray Moylet?" And I said, "I am." And he said, "I was told to say hello to you by a friend of mine from the gym." And he said, "It's Ray Duffy, who's my mam's first cousin." So right. and he so he called me over and said, Are you such a person? Is that my claim to fame, thank you, Joshua? Yeah. What was it's he told like, look, look for a ginger lad in the green tracksuit walking down yeah. the road? <laughs> Obviously from <laughs> Ireland. And uh, I was still in the tournament, so it, it was easy to pick me out. But so he was like, he actually called me over and uh, I don't think he'd recognise me now. I'd be calling him at this stage. Yeah. He'd know you, Joe, actually. You spent a bit of time over in Sheffield with him more recently, didn't you? Yeah, I was in I was in a few training camps there when Anthony was training there, so I'd know him, know him quite well. Um, we see each other, and um, when I was there and that, so yeah, Anthony's a is a nice guy and he's a great role model for boxing. And he's look at his, he's, what more can he do? Like I mean, he's nearly did it all as a as an amateur and a professional. So you yeah. can give him credit, especially starting boxing fair young or fair sold, as we say. Like I mean, starting boxing when he's eighteen or nineteen, and to go along and achieve everything he achieved in this short space of time. Says a lot for himself and, 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 and obviously the work and effort and he put into it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
What did you make at Turkey, Joe? How did you enjoy it? Or did you get did you get to look around, or was it all business? Yeah, for me, look, it was, it was my first, obvious major senior tournament. I didn't really know too much about it. Um, I knew it was going to be a big transition from from youth level to to senior, and also I was still very young, seventeen. Um, it was it was always going to be very tough for me, but and things worked out pretty well for me. Look, I got I got a good draw at the start, and I got a nice win or two underneath my belt before I meet the obviously the big guns. And um, when I met them, then I was full of confidence and full of beans and ready to go and I was um as I say it really went really well for me everything fit into place and, and I won the gold medal um I reckon I'm probably one of the youngest ever probably doing a, a European senior medal um just I was just gone 17 so yeah so Turkey yeah. Ankara itself is the capital of um Turkey and I didn't really know that till I went to it I always thought Istanbul was but um yeah look it's it was, it was okay of a city um, yeah I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't book me holidays there now <laughs> you did become Ireland's uh, youngest ever gold medalist, uh, three months younger, I think, than Jimmy Ingle, who won gold in, in um, 1939 in Dublin. But I think I was reading Sean McGoldrick's brilliant book, Punching Above Their Weight, the Irish Olympic story, and he said there was a guy from Azerbaijan who actually won gold in Ankara that year who was a bit younger than you. But obviously now no one, no, no one aged 17 or younger is going to win European senior gold anymore because they're gone, 18 and up. Yeah, I remember that guy who won it. He was he was light. He was I think he was forty nine kilos or something. Yeah, fifty. Fifty two yeah. and he um. He, it's he, a different story against the bigger lads, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it's just, it was a great achievement for him as well at that young age. But I remember the same guy. He boxed for the youths and juniors with me and all that. So he was a he was a good fighter too. But um, he went off the scene pretty quick. I'd say I'd say it's handier with the bigger lads. Be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Slower, dad, dad bods all, all around. No, it was a good trip for obviously myself and Ray, and we were, we were lucky enough, obviously, to to win the gold medal. Regarding obviously, we, we performed really well, and obviously, trained really hard, and we got, got ourselves in the, in the right mindset to go and do that. So yeah, look, it's, it's something to look back at now. Nine years ago, you just. Yeah. Realize how quick the time goes. Like to me, it's just, I could nearly tell you walking out to the gym, as Ray said, and telling the stories, been in the dressing room and everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. Time flies. It's a great moments to look back on. Okay. Who'd have been the messer on that team now? That you recall? Well, there wouldn't be any of us two anyway. No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, Paddy, Paddy, Paddy wasn't that either. No, he never. Um, Michael, Michael Conlon and probably uh, Con Sheehan and Willie McLaughlin. I think they all held their own too. So lads, you got it. You got what you might consider a favourable draw in that you both you got Estonia and Israel in your first fights. Uh, Ray, you won by stoppage in the second round against uh, Amara of Israel in your first fight, and Joe, you beat Arnor Carlson, Einar Carlson of Estonia, ten seven, just to get. I think that was your international uh, elite debut as well. So, or had you won? No, it wasn't. That's incorrect. You, I you won gold. I went to a multinational in, in in Turkey, I think it was, yeah, or Poland, no Poland. Went to an international oh. in Poland a few weeks before that, and I, I, I had three um three fights and 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 I um, won the gold medal, and also had an international not too long after the national championships against like China, right? Um, and I won that as well. Uh, so, so you, you got off to a, you got off to a flying start anyway, both bo- over in Turkey. Joe, you had two two fights I think to win to win the gold. You beat Italy then afterwards for a medal, or not to win the gold for a, to win a bronze to win a medal. 
Yeah, yeah. I fought an Estonian guy who was been around the scene quite a while. Like, I mean, he he would have been at a lot of major championships, um, knocking on the door. Um, I sparred him in the training camp, um, previous to the to the tournament. And look, it was just one of these styles where obviously our two styles clashed, and it was always going to be a nice fight to watch. Um, but I got over the line. I I beat him ten seven, which put me on again. Who a very experienced Italian in the quarterfinals, who was um. Again, who's very experienced guy, who's a lot older than me, physically bigger than me, um, but I, I handled him pretty pretty well. Um, it's a tough fight as well. I was I was come from behind. I was in the first round, I was two points down, and I came back and beat him. What so, was the feeling um, like when you beat him to get a medal? Because that was your your tightest by uh, by a margin. That was your tightest fight of the tournament, beating him by two points. You had other margins. You won by three, ten, and eight. What was your uh, feeling like after securing a medal? Yeah, massive, massive feeling, massive relief. Um, no one obvious that I, 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 I got over the line. I won my first major tournament or medal, major medal, which uh, gave me a huge, huge confidence boost. And, and I knew I, I, I belonged in, in, in these major championships. And, 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 and at 17 years old, to be saying things like that, like it was, a, it was a big ask for me because 17, going in again, competing again, the guys physically bigger than you, older than you, um, and being able to stand in there and trade with them and and beat them. Um, obviously, it was, a, it was a massive self-confidence for me. And to get over the line and win a major medal, and obviously put me in the driving seat as well for, for obvious funding, which which helped my career and helped me to be able to improve and be able to go full-time training. So it's a massive, massive um, fight for me to get over the line and win it against the Italian. And coming from behind wasn't easy as well. Like, I mean, sitting in the corner and only doing six minutes left and you're losing. Yeah, of course, yeah. And did you find, did you find it, at the at this elite sort of tournament, lads hit higher than than previously you'd noticed. Like, or lads hit harder. You're kind of like seventeen year old against men in their mid twenties. Did you find a noticeable difference, or being able to take the punches just fine, or just get yeah, out of the way? The, them all? The, the punches wasn't 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 the problem, but physically, obviously, physically stronger than you. And obviously, like you you look over at someone, you see someone twenty seven, twenty years old, so like who, who who's man strength and who who looks like I mean has a beard or and the vision to look over that and you're a young guy with a with a baby face and you're just there like and for, you need to have obviously a very strong mindset and have a, a lot of belief in yourself be able to win and compete with these guys and I, I was lucky enough I had that and yeah. nothing really nothing really fazed me but looking back at it now and it, 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 it was pretty tough because if I if I had to guide my son when he's 17 to be competing at that like I mean I, I think twice about putting him into it yeah, yeah, no doubt. And and Ray, did you not learn a lesson from your first fight? So you got a stoppage then in your in your in your opening fight. You got a stoppage, but then your next, I think, three fights you won only by an aggregate of four points. They were all tight. Uh, a point against Serbia, a point against Russia, though, to win a medal, and then two to, two points win over Azerbaijan to get to the final. But it looks like you did it the hard way. That's uh, that's a, that's some draw, even without knowing too much about the fighters. Russia and Azerbaijan to get to the final is is the hardest one of the hardest ways to win a medal. Yeah, um, I think I bet uh, um, Israeli more than a point or Serbia more than a point, do they not? Oh, maybe I have that one incorrect. I thought it was maybe 17, no. You're not 16. sure. I thought it was. I thought it was more than a point. To be honest, but it doesn't matter. I got the, I got the nod anyway. And then I had the Russian then for the for the medal. And I think every boxer in this competition, they know the middle fight is the make or break. And mm. Especially two young lads over, and it was for top funding, as Joe mentioned earlier, 
that was the bread and butter, really. So either won that fight and you got nothing, or if you, if you won it, if you lost it, you got nothing. If you won it, you're on you're on the top, kitty. Um, so I bet the Russian. I think I would have, was it a point or two? I got him. It was a point against Russia. Maxim Ignatiev. Yes. Fourteen yeah. thirteen for a medal, and yeah, then you're into the semi-finals. I think it was down a point actually in the last round. I I might have nicked it then by the point in the end. What yeah. sort of fighter uh, was he? What what sort of pressure did he put on? Or um, he was just uh, the Russians are relentless for just coming forward and just uh, no matter how much you hit them, they're going to keep coming at you. Um, I had the passive defense as well at the time, but not as much as as I had the previous years. So I still tra- traded with them. Um, Can you? What's the passive defense? Just when you're. Defending more so, more so than attacking. Defending, I was a counter puncher. That sort of, that was my style. My timing was good, and my counter punching was good, and obviously my defense was good. But I, I sort of developed away from that. Then again, as as the the scoring changed, I changed along with it. Um, but I remember actually winning that medal, or winning that fight against the Russian. And I came back to came back to the dressing room, and my phone was actually taken from the dressing room. Um, the, there's obviously stewards and all that there, but I suppose they didn't have much between them all. So I said, uh, one of them got talking anyway. So but all my messages and all my contacts had all gone. So I remember I had to borrow a phone to ring home. Now, I think they did see it online um, that time, but I still needed to talk to them at home. And I just yeah. remember being, being in the bathroom, and I remember just telling Sharon, I was my girlfriend at the time, and I just remember telling her that, we have a few pounds now, you know, I started crying. And that was in, in a toilet in the middle of Turkey. Do you know that? Yeah. So I'll always remember that. And then I had the semi-final against um, Azerbaijan. He actually, I think, became, he ended up winning a world bronze and an Olympic bronze, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he became world number one at one stage as well after that. And I, I bet him by a point as well, I think. And in the last round, I think we're all it was all level, and the two of us fell to the ground. And I actually I flipped up um, like a Bruce Lee flip, and he sort right. of struggled up. And it was level at that stage, only about a minute to go, and uh, and I won around from there. Appearances matter, and you gave you gave us one of the more heartwarming stories we're going to hear from an Irish lad in the toilets in Turkey. If they all uh, if they all have such a happy ending, <laughs> we're we doing well. <laughs> But you were speaking of Russians, Joe. You qualified for the final, and you're up against a real top fighter, Nikita Ivanov. Had you been in with him before? Had you sparred? What did you know of him? Was he imposing? What were you thinking going into the final? European Championships, 17 years old. Yeah, well, I was lucky enough to um, go to a training camp in Russia um, back in 2010. Um, I think Ray was at the same training camp. We went to Russia, um, the training camp was a senior training camp, and I was only I wasn't able to leave fire this time, but obviously I was I was a good youth fighter, so the Billy Watts decided to bring me over for experience and, and, and to show me what obvious the ropes and what it's like to always be the elite fighter and, and compete with the elite guys and no better place could you go for your first elite training camp was into the middle of Russia and um, where they could have five world champions at the one weight division, but obviously wouldn't be getting an opportunity because we were only allowed to send one. So I decided anyway, we went over and we had a really good training camp and in the, uh, the last day of the training camp we had um, test matches and um, that time um, I, I, I got to do my test match with Nikita um, and it was Look, it was a really, really tough test match for me. It was 
it was Mikita obviously was a strong guy, very physically strong and put a lot of pressure on you, threw a lot of punches. He wasn't more more very technical, but he was very, very strong. So um yeah, look, we had had a really good test match with him. So getting into the final, I was confident um of winning the, the, the fight, but I knew it wasn't gonna be easy. I knew it was gonna be a hard three rounds and I knew it had to pull out a lot to obviously to, to beat him. Um and I knew that, that I needed every tool to to obvious to to get the decision and I was lucky enough obvious things went well for me in the first round and um, I start finding things a lot more easier in the fight than it did in 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 the sparring and um, was catching my sleep punches and um, look at all it all went went the way I wanted to go and I was just happy enough. Were you a listener, Joe, or did you come up with your own game plans? Obviously, Billy Walsh and Zoranti would have their own ideas on how you should box people, but did did you did you listen to your club coaches, Eddie Bulger, or the, the national coaches, or think about it yourself. How, how did you come up come up with it? Yeah, look, I, I, I'd be a very good reader of fighters, fighters and, and, and fights as, as self. Like, I mean, I, I, I'd be very um, interested in what way fighters fight and what sort of tactics and what, what, what way you should impose yourself. So I always had that kind of mindset of knowing like, what, what I think would be right. But obviously, you need the input of good coaches. You need the input of of, of people you trust to always to tell you what what tactics they think is best, and you usually come up with a with a game plan between yourself and, and 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 the coaches. I think it has to work equally because I think if you listen too much to the coaches and you forget about your own game plan, it doesn't really work sometimes, and vice versa. If you think you know too much and you don't listen to the coaches, that doesn't work either. So it's kind of you had to be level playing field between the both both parties, and you kind of come up with an agreement before you head down to the the venue and you say, look, this is what I think we want to set out to do. And it's kind of like everything, you have a game plan, when you get punched in the face, it kind of goes out the window, then kind of go back to you, do what you know best, like to me. But uh, yeah, look, as I think, as I said, look, you kind of have to have a similar game plan and you're coaching yourself, but I always had a good read for it. Yeah. And um, you must have been delighted, obviously, when, when things went your way, against the Russian but Ray you were doing handstands you were so delighted to have beaten Tom Stalker of Great Britain in the final Stalker was so the coming on chat so the problem there with me and Ray is like Ray knew like he was going off the radar after that like I mean I was just warming up doing a few more European titles I'm not going off the radar yet I'm still here scraping I'm still here scraping I'm not going anywhere yet um, well no this was yeah. European titles when he went in European titles I was just I was just um, referring to just me doing this. No, like when you want to turkey, you did a handstand. I didn't get time to do that. I knew there was a few more left of me, so. That's all right. That's all right. If you can stand on your hands, I'd be very impressed, but I don't think you can. But anyway, um, oh. I fight in Tom Stalker, yeah. We, we, obviously, we were in training camp in Sheffield, and I was sparring on probably every second day. And to be honest with you, he was probably trimming me most days that we were sparring. Um, He's he's very aggressive. He's super fit. He just never stops punching. Keeps coming forward. But maybe going into the final, he probably thought he didn't have an awful lot to do. Um, but I took an awful lot from the sparring, and I try and change my plan going in. So I, I probably did catch him by surprise. And the, the, so the flow of the fight then was was going with me, and it just he ended up walking into every right hand that I threw. I couldn't believe it myself how how nearly easy it was. When it when he was beating me at Spain for for a couple a couple of weeks before that, um, that's always a great day when an Irishman beats an Englishman in in, a, in the European final. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, a, ra- a rare enough one, but we'll take them when they when they come. Uh, fortunately enough, lads, we're, uh, for your sakes, we're not here to talk about the Olympic Games, so we can just skip over lovely over 2012, <laughs> which didn't. Um, we could we could maybe we'll follow up maybe ask about how did how was it that a year later neither of you guys European champions ended up at the Olympic Games, Joe? Yeah, for me it was very disappointing because I I went to Trabs on the Turkey to the qualifiers, um, and everything was going really well for me, and I I just came on the back of being the 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 eventual Olympic champions, um, silver medalists and bronze medalists in the same tournament. So for me going into the into the qualifiers, I was, I was confident of 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 his qualifying, and I was I was even confident of going on and and, and winning an Olympic medal. Um, but sadly, things got in my way. Controversial decisions that didn't go my way. Um, in in Trabzon and again at Turk. So that set me out of it. Um, which is very disappointing. And then what happened then for me? There was a lot of pressure on me. Did I want to stay amateur? Did I want to go pro? I've gotten a lot of offers. I was a young lad who. There was a lot of money being thrown on the table for me to turn over, so I decided, as I said, I'd unfinished business. Um, I stuck around until um, obviously three or four years later, which I was lucky enough to qualify for. Um, but yeah, go, looking back at it now, it was always heartbreaking, disappointing to sit at home and watch watching on TV. But again, the lads did really well, and it, um, all the Irish did really well, and got a lot of success. Yes, yeah. and Ray, obviously you're your campaign was very much kind of shrouded in politics. Ross Hickey, like you said, in 2011, had been the Irish champion. Um, he, I think he was boxer in the, a boxer at the tournament in 2011, and he missed out on the Europeans uh, due to his army training. You went and became gold medalist, and then suddenly the IBA had themselves a real dilemma for the next for the world championships and the qualifiers. I think you went and won the box-offs. They were very kind of very much publicised. There was a lot of media attention on them, but then at the World Championships, you were unable to qualify. Where I think Michael Conlon and Darren O'Neill both secured their passage. Possibly yeah, John yeah. Nevin as well. Like off the top of my head, but um, yeah, it just didn't it didn't work out for you for 2012 anyway. Yeah, I won I won my first fight um, at the World Championships. I think they were in uh, Azerbaijan. Yeah, they were. Thank you. Have you heard of that place? Yeah, and, uh, and then uh, India, a lad from India, he beat me in the in the following fight. He went on to qualify and all that. I might have won a fight in the Olympics, I don't know. But that was sort of, yeah, that was a disappointing end to it. Like, it was hard for me, though, because, to like, obviously trying to get to your peak and, you know, you're obviously your body will only react certain, to certain things, so... When I won the European Championships, I was obviously at my peak. A couple of weeks later, um, the box off with Ross Hickey, like that was the, the amount of, I don't know, controversial, the controversy that was around that, it was it was wicked. It wasn't it wasn't good for any of us, you know, even myself and Ross. It was, it was probably the worst thing to ever do to us, you know, pit us against each other, really, um, and everything with it. But thankfully, I came out on top of that. And and then I was trying to come to my peak again, like three weeks later. So that was over like the space of eight or nine weeks, trying mm. to peak three times and trying. So it was a bit difficult with that, but it's no excuse. I wasn't good enough for the world championships to qualify, and uh, and that was it. Yeah. 
So lads, both of you are boxing as professionals now. Uh, Joe, you you were very unlucky in your professional debut. Suffered a dislocated knee, looked extremely painful. And then in your comeback fight that was kind of cancelled by coronavirus, you were saying though, uh, before we started recording, that you think maybe the coronavirus is just maybe a little boost to get you, get you back uh, even fitter again before your second comeback. How are you feeling? Yeah, look at um obviously debut was a, a disaster for me regarding like and what happened to my to my knee. Um everything was going really well in camp. I was really looking forward to making my debut in Madison Square Gardens. Um what a place to fight, what a place to be given an opportunity to make a debut and and then obviously to, to for, for a freak accident like that to happen obviously was a big setback for me. Um How was the pain on a scale of one to ten when it happened? Because it looked like eleven like yeah, that's a, see, what happens is when you obviously watch something happen on TV or, or being in the arena, it always looks worse than it really is. Um, when you're in there, obviously, adrenaline is pumping um, and obviously it's, it's not as painful as, as it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looked nasty. Um, everyone asked me that question. Could I tell you really from 1 to 10? Probably not because, as I said, the adrenaline was pumping, the frustration was going through my head and obviously a lot more things probably clicked into my head at, at that time. Um, so, yeah, look, it's, it's one of these things where you have to kind of get over and move on. And I was lucky enough to obviously have a really good team around me who support me and, get, and got me in there to um, the top surgeon in, in, in New York and, and get the job done. And thankfully, now I'm mended really well and got all the rehab done. And I was ready to go on the 14th of March. Um, and this obviously the coronavirus again set me back again. So. As I said before, I got on air and I'm from Colorado and ready to go and hopefully sooner rather than there I can get the, the the monkey off the pony's back and, and, and <laughs> moving on again to make bigger and better things because I mean I'm twenty I'm twenty six now, so I wanna get moving and start competing at the highest level again. I don't wanna be in there and tipping and tapping, I just wanna get on and get going. Yeah, 'cause you um You've got a new coach, don't you, Joey Gamash? But you haven't really had a chance to gel with him yet, because all, or is that is that fair enough? Because you've been on the recovery from injury since your debut, and then with the coronavirus, you really haven't got a chance to maybe work with him as much as you would have liked at this stage. Yeah, I did Joey, a lot of Joey work Gamash with worked with Andy Lee previously in the past. Yeah. Did, did some great work with him. Yeah, I did a lot of work with Joey, like a lot of work regarding the, the number of weeks I was there preparing from from my fight in the 14th of March, and as myself and Joey really really gel together. Um, and really worked really well, and Joe was really happy with the way I was sparring, and obviously I was really happy with what he was teaching me and what he was learning me and what I taught I needed to improve on, and the stuff he was telling me, I knew myself that I really needed to improve on these things, so I was, seeing, I was seeing really how good a coach he was because he was able to spot these things within a few hours or a few days. So yeah. obviously he's a lot of experience. He was a great, he was a world champion himself as a fighter. He was being in the Kronk's gym. He was in Manuel Stewart. Um, he had obviously Andy Lee was there. He was some great fighters was around that around that gym and, and great coaches so he's a lot of experience um, so obviously it's great to have him on board now and we're working really well together and as I said hopefully soon we'll be able to head back over and start working together again and start learning more stuff and improving and moving on to some really good fights in the near future yeah and Ray you've been one of the busier fellas during lockdown obviously you've you became a national uh, press up champion Raising, I think, I think sixteen thousand for charity. So congratulations for that. But yeah, you also became a fa- you also became a father as well, I believe. So congratulations on the double. I did, yeah, I became father just at the end of 
June, at the end of June. I'm all mixed up now, so all the days are rolling into each other now with, with sleepless nights and all that, but that's probably the, my greatest achievement of all, if you're honest, whatever. Then, and uh, just uh, just puts everything into perspective, and it just it's made, it's made me hungrier now for, for keeping keeping my head down and getting back to work and, and getting back fighting. You know, I'd, I'd frustrating a couple of years there now after my fight in Castlebar. Obviously, I, I got bet that time for the WBC title, and then I had a mix up. Yeah, with, yeah I had a mix up with management then, so that took a couple of months to sort out. And then I had a mix up with my visa for the states, that took a couple of months to sort out. But by the, before I knew it, I'd lost a year in my career, and um, we got back on track. Then, and then the coronavirus comes crashing in, and I've lost another six months with that. So it's just it's, it's disappointing that. These events are for, for coming one after another. If the obviously in professional sports, uh, you have to take everything with it, and these things are sometimes expected, you know. So, what's just for them to all happen together isn't isn't ideal. Yeah. Well, look, lads, you've both shared some of your greatest moments in boxing together. Uh, Anchor being, I'm sure, one of the very best ones. And with your management teams being closely aligned, you might get uh, a couple of those occasions again. In in, uh, in Boston or New York or whatever in the coming years. Yeah, I definitely like I, the, this is actually the second time yourself and Joe were maybe uh, meant to be on a bill. I think you were meant to fight in the Encore in the casino in Boston. She won the gold medal. Um, and this then the, the next time then was um the fourteenth of March. So definitely there's there's plenty of opportunity there for the two of us to fight together again. So hopefully mm. it'll happen sooner rather than later. Thanks a million, lads, for joining us this week on the Rocky Road Rewind, where we look back to the 2011 European Championships with goals for Ray Moylet and Joe Ward.